This week, we're going to cover the different ways that we can measure blood pressure. We'll cover manual and automated blood pressure cuffs, the Finipress system, as well as arterial lines. Some of the principles in this episode rely on knowledge from our pressure measurement episode, so it's probably worth going back and listening to that if you've not done so already. So, let's start with categorising how we measure blood pressure. We can split our devices into non-invasive and invasive. Non-invasive ways of measuring blood pressure mainly involve the use of blood pressure cuffs, which can be manual or automated. A manual BP cuff relies on the occlusion of arterial blood flow and the Korotkov sounds that are generated when this flow slowly restarts. To use a manual BP cuff, it's first inflated until it's squeezing the arm with a pressure that's higher than systolic pressure. This prevents any blood from flowing past it. You can think of the occluding pressure as the height of a dam, and the systolic and diastolic pressures as the peaks and troughs of waves in the water behind the dam. Now, if you slowly reduce the pressure of the cuff, and therefore the height of the dam, eventually the peaks of the waves will be high enough to flow over it. Now, in a real river-dam situation, you'll get splashes of water falling over the dam with each and every wave. These would hit the dry riverbed on the other side and make a splashing sound. This is actually pretty close to what happens in your arteries with a BP cuff. Only the blood at peak systolic pressure is able to pass, and this splashes onto the static blood on the other side. This splashing sound is your first Korotkov sound, and it happens when your cuff is at or just below systolic pressure. As you lower the pressure more, a higher proportion of blood is allowed to flow through. This changes the characteristics of your Korotkov sounds. Between phases 2 and 4, they are described as a soft swishing, crisper sounds, and then some muffling. Phase 5 is the cessation of all sounds and occurs when the cuff is just below diastolic pressure. This is equivalent to the dam being below the level of the waves, so water just flows over it unhindered. Manual BP cuffs tend to underestimate both systolic and diastolic pressures, because the changes in the Korotkov sounds occur just below these pressures. Mean arterial pressure is calculated as the diastolic plus one-third of the pulse pressure, and tends to be less accurate at higher heart rates. An automated BP cuff works by a different mechanism. These work through oscillometry. As with their manual cousins, they are first inflated to above systolic pressure. As they are slowly deflated and reach systolic pressure again, each pulse causes a small oscillation in the pressure reading. These can be thought of as the equivalent of your first Korotkov sound. As the pressure decreases, these oscillations first become larger and then smaller and eventually stop at or just below diastolic pressure. Automated BP cuffs actually only measure systolic and mean arterial pressure. These are when the oscillations first start and at the point where the oscillations have their highest amplitude, respectively. Diastolic pressure is then calculated using a modified equation as the one I described before. The Finipress is another form of non-invasive blood pressure monitoring. It can give you a continuous beat-by-beat pressure reading. It works using the Panaz volume clamp technique, and is made up of a small inflatable cuff that is wrapped around a finger, and an LED sensor complex that is similar to a pulse oximeter. As you'll remember from our pulse oximetry episode, there is a pulsatile component to the light sensor's waveform due to the changing volume of the finger with each beat. 
The Finipress system's cuff is controlled by a computer that rapidly inflates and deflates it to maintain a constant volume of blood in the finger. So the cuff is inflated more in systole and less in diastole. The pressure distal to the cuff is kept at mean arterial pressure. The blood pressure can then be calculated from the pressure in the cuff, and this can be displayed as a continuous waveform on a monitor. The downsides to a Finipress system is that it requires extremely good peripheral blood flow. So it requires patients with healthy blood pressures, who are well-filled and not on vasopressors or too cold. As you can imagine, the overlap of these patients and those who actually require continuous blood pressure monitoring is quite small. That's why you've probably never seen the Finipress system used in clinical practice. Now the main invasive method of measuring blood pressure is the arterial line. This consists of a special cannula that is inserted into an artery, generally the radial or femoral. The cannulae that are most commonly used in adults are 20-gauge, thin-walled, and do not have a tapered end like a peripheral cannula. The arterial line is connected to a transducer via stiff tubing filled with saline. This allows direct transmission of the pressure waveform from the artery to the transducer. The saline comes from a bag that is kept at a high pressure of around 300 millimeters of mercury. The transducer itself is a tiny, stiff diaphragm that has strain gauges attached to it. As the diaphragm bends with each pressure wave, its resistance changes. This can be measured accurately with a Wheatstone bridge and calibrated to give off a blood pressure reading. The main sources of error from an arterial line are damping and a change in height of the transducer. Damping is where the impulses from each heartbeat are incompletely transmitted to the transducer. This is usually due to energy being lost in the system somewhere along the way. The most common causes of this are air bubbles or clots in the tubing, or the incorrect tubing being used. Normal tubing for intravascular lines is not stiff and so can distend with each pressure wave. This takes energy out of the system and causes the final waveform to look much flatter. It is important to note that even if the arterial line is damped, it still gives an accurate reading of mean arterial pressure. It's just the peaks and the troughs of the waveform that are affected. Another common reason for damping is an underinflated pressure bag. This changes the dynamics of the transducer's diaphragm itself and results in the same problems. The height of the transducer is extremely important as all pressures are measured relative to it. The correct position of the transducer is at the same height as the patient's heart. You can keep it there by taping it to the sheets or the bed or keeping it attached to a drip stand. If your patient is still, then that's not much of an issue. But if you move the bed's height or change the patient's position without adjusting your transducer, you might find that your pressure readings change. When this happens, all pressures, systolic, diastolic and mean, will increase or decrease by the same amount. If your transducer is higher, your pressures will decrease, and if your transducer is lower, your pressures will increase. Well, that's it for this episode. Today you've learnt about some of the most common ways of measuring blood pressure in our patients. You've covered the manual and automated blood pressure cuffs, as well as the Finipress system and arterial lines. Thanks so much for listening. If you've liked this episode, please feel free to subscribe through your podcast player of choice. You can also find all of these episodes online at planaprimary.co.uk. Remember, this entire series is going to be published absolutely free, so please share this with anyone who you think might find it useful.
If you've got any questions, feedback, or just want to request a topic, feel free to email me at questions at planaprimary.co.uk, or you can leave a comment by this episode online.